This podcast could forever change your ministry. It could be the single most important thing you ever listen to. I'm serious. Now, I know I usually start out, welcome to Kidman Talk. But telling you how important this podcast is was more important than the name of the podcast. In fact, I'm not even going to introduce myself today because long after my name is forgotten, the impact of what I'm going to tell you about today will still be living on. That's how important our topic is today. So I'm not even going to tell you who I am. If you don't know by now, you'll just have to figure it out for yourself. You know, I've had people come up to me over a decade after hearing me talk about this subject and tell me how it has transformed their ministry and the difference it has made in the lives of their kids. They've grabbed my hand and shook it long and hard, looked at me in the eye and thanked me, telling me stories of how it has impacted their kids' ministry and their kids. It is powerful stuff. And while it may not seem like it at first, it will have lifelong and eternal results. When you train kids and put them in charge of your kids' ministry, you are raising up the leaders of tomorrow. This is big stuff, folks. And as you can tell, I can't wait to share it with you today. So let's get to it. Let's talk Kidman. Yes, we are going to talk about my favorite topic my favorite workshop, my favorite subject when it comes to children's ministry. In fact, when I get to speak at a children's ministry conference like I just got to do in Orlando and I'll soon be doing in San Diego at the Children's Pastors Conference, this is the one that I rarely get to do. I submit it every time and it rarely gets chosen, but this year again, I, I've got to speak about it again. It is getting to talk about Kids Church Crew, the KC Crew. This year, it's I, I call it Mutiny. The kids are taking over Kids Church. I thought if I gave it a, a cool new name, it would get picked, and it did. This is the one that people come back to me years later. I mean, literally, I've had people come to me 10 years later, 15 years later. Yeah, I'm getting old. And say this was the workshop that they went home and implemented and it changed their ministry that they've seen the biggest results from. And it's always just makes my whole conference when I hear that because it's it's the model of ministry that Jesus implemented. You know, we forget that, that Jesus' disciples were kids. I mean, they were 12, 13, 14-year-olds. These were not 40-year-old men like the pictures you see in Sunday school of the disciples were. You know, when they were 12 years old, they were to find a rabbi to follow and to become disciples of. So these these were young kids. I mean, when you when you think about the silly things the disciples did, they were teenager things. I want to say this right hand. No, I want to say this right hand. You know, th- th- these were kids that Jesus asked to follow him to become his disciples. When you look at the, the timelines of how long they lived after the death and resurrection of Jesus, you know, they 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 died decades after the time of Christ. You know, they, they would have had to live to be ninety to hundred years old if if they were, you know, forty year olds and thirty year olds as disciples of his. No, these were young people that Jesus called to follow him and to be his disciples. And so we need to do the same thing. We have got to ask young people to follow us, to be our disciples. You know, as my dad used to say to me, imitate me as I imitate Christ. We need to be doing the same thing. And so that's what this podcast is going to be about today. But first, I have got to tell you about some exciting new products that are the sponsor today. I got two today. First is Scarforce. 
It is this amazingly awesome new Vacation Bible School coming from TruthQuest. Hey, don't zone out if you've already picked your Vacation Bible School because the best thing about TruthQuest is their Vacation Bible Schools can be used as a kids' church theme. They can be adapted to a special evening program. Anytime you've got to do some creative teaching, you can adapt a TruthQuest VBS to almost any format and their stuff is amazing it's got multimedia it's got drama it's biblically rich it's creative all that you get for the low price that they charge it it's almost not right except in a good way so you've got to check it out and of course with the theme of star wars because it's called scar force of course and you can get into what that theme means by just reading all about it online i'm not going to take that time right now we've got all that information on kidology and you can check that out but what a great theme with Disney just buying the whole Star Wars franchise from George Lucas for four billion plus dollars. There's a lot of excitement about the anticipation of some new movies coming out. And so what a great theme to uh, do this summer or next fall. And so I would really recommend you take a look at Scar Force and get that curriculum. And so I, I, I want to give one away. So here's how I'm going to do it. If you go to the Kidman Talk show notes for this week, if you post a picture of your favorite Star Wars character, and you pick a really cool one. I'm gonna pick the best picture posted. And by the way, don't put up wallpaper size and blow up the website. Keep it about 400 pixels wide. Sorry to get technical, but you should know how to do that. But post a picture, and if you do it wrong, we'll fix it. Don't worry about it. Don't stress out. Don't delete your post. We'll take care of it. But post a picture of your favorite Star Wars character, and I'm gonna pick the picture that I like the best, and we're gonna give away a free copy of Scar Force. So check it out. It's a great vacation Bible school. And the other thing that you got to check out, and time is short because Valentine's Day is coming, but it's a an awesome game. It's been on the site for years, but we decided this year to revamp it and remake it so that you could uh, get it as a download product. It's called Guard Your Heart. And this is an amazingly awesome game because it's a teaching game. You put a, a heart on the backs of all the kids and you create a game circle you can be a circle of masking tape on the floor. You can use the whole room. And the object of the game, you tell the kids, is to guard their heart. But it's also to try, you tell them to get as many hearts as they can off the backs of the other kids. So they're running around. I, I use Band-Aids um, to attach the hearts. And, and the kids are running around. And they they mistakenly think, and you got to be careful how you word the instructions, but they think the object of the game is to get as many hearts as they can. And so a lot of kids end up sacrificing their heart off their back because they think, well, I may have lost my heart, but at least I collected you know, eight hearts of the other kids. But it ends up being everyone is a winner who has a heart still on their back, regardless of how many hearts that they collected. And the point of the game is that in life, you know, a lot of times there's people who um, seem to gain a lot and have a lot of fun and be running around and playing, you know, but they sacrifice their heart in the process. And there may be some people who seem to be on the sidelines because there's kids in this game, they just put their back against the wall and they, they don't participate, but they guard their heart and they end up being winners. Even though they didn't collect any hearts, they just did nothing, but, you know, they actually end up being winners. And in life, sometimes you have to not participate in a lot of the activity and the partying and the games and, and the things of this world to guard your heart so that when the right person comes along that God has for you and you marry them and you end up being a winner because you guarded your heart. So check out Guard Your Heart. It's a great game. And it's not just for Valentine's Day. If you've got a purity retreat or any time you're going to be teaching um, on that great topic of guarding your heart, especially in the preteen era or middle school, it's a great game. So you'll want to check both those resources out. But let's shift gears. 
Let's talk about this great, important topic of investing in kids and training them for ministry. You know, Jesus gave, gave a great example. You know, he ministered to the masses. He stood on the hillside and he taught and he did his miracles that attracted large crowds. You know, he was the first gospel magician, right? Except he, he there was no trick up his sleeve. He drew the crowds through doing big, amazing things. Sometimes he even had to stand in a boat off the, in the water because of the crowds that he drew. And yet, what was his real strategy, his long-term strategy for fruit? It was to invest in a small group of kids, of young men, by training them to do ministry so that after he was gone, they could go on and do what he was doing. They, in fact, they even did miraculous things after him. And that was his strategy for long-term success. And in your ministry, you're going to do big things. You're going to do Scar Force. You're going to do big vacation Bible schools. You're going to do evangelistic outreaches. You're going to teach children's church. And you're going to do sports camp. And, and you're going to do drama camp. And you're going to do all these big things. But your long-term strategy for what's going to outlast you and have fruit after you're gone and forgotten has to be the same strategy of Jesus. It has to be to invest in a small group of people. And when I look back now on a ministry of over 20 years, the fruit that has lasted the longest after all the big events that I did that were great, that I, that I, I loved them, and they, they were good events, the longest lasting fruit has been my kids' church crew kids. They're the ones that are in ministry today. They're the ones that, whether they're in professional ministry or whether they're just volunteers now in the church serving God, has been my kids' church crew kids because they've been trained to do ministry. You know, we, we get frustrated in ministry that we have uh, adults who don't want to serve in church, right? And we're always frustrated when we're recruiting because we have all these grown-ups who come to church and we say, well, why, why won't they serve? They, they think church is this place where you just come and sit down and and receive and why, why won't more adults get involved? Why, why do they think church is this place where you just come and get Come and receive, come and soak up. And why don't they have this mindset that church is a place you come and do? Church is a place you come and serve. I mean, we're, we're a community of believers and we're supposed to all just be serving each other, not, not come and get. It's, it should be come and do. And you know what? We train them to do that because from the youngest age, we're, we're training kids to come to church and come and get, come and, come and receive. But when you invest in young people, and you train them to church as a place to come and do and come and serve, that becomes a part of their fiber. That's, it changes the way they view church. So that for the rest of their life, through high school and through college, and then when they're young marrieds, they come to church and they, they wonder, well, what can I do? Where, where can I serve? What, what, what can, how can I be a part of what's going on here? It, it changes the whole way they experience church. And so we, we need to make this a part of the fiber of people. So let's look at a couple examples from Scripture. You know, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 6 and 10, I love this passage because we all know the story of Samuel and how he was sleeping and Eli was sleeping and he kept hearing the voice of the Lord and he kept running to Eli, you know, waking him up and saying, you know, what do you need? And Eli kept saying, don't bother me, I'm trying to sleep, you know. And, and Samuel kept hearing the voice of the Lord. He kept thinking it was Eli. And Eli kept saying, it's not me, you know, go back to sleep. And and uh, we know that story. And finally, uh, Samuel realized it was God speaking. But in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. You know, in, in real 
uh, basic terms, I'll just say he was not yet a Christian. Now, Christian is a New Testament term, but he said he did not yet know the Lord. He was not saved or regenerated for whatever theological term you want to use. He, he was a pagan, you know, at that point. And yet God was speaking to him. And in verse 9, he answered, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. He was a servant of God, even though the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. God was already choosing to use him and to speak to him even before he already had a relationship with God. And my point is that a lot of times we think we have to use saved kids or kids that are on fire for God or kids that already have this relationship with God. God didn't wait for that for Samuel. You know, he, he said, look, I'm going to start using this kid now, even before our deep relationship with him. And we can use any kid. It doesn't matter where they're at. We can just start using them. And through that service, they, their relationship with God will deepen. You know, 1 Timothy 4, 12 and 13 is a great verse. If you don't have this memorized, have your kids memorize it, where Paul says to young Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers. Wow. And then he says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. You know, I, I tell my young kids, you could be an example to the adults. The adults can actually look at you and see that you're an example in your faith and in your speech and in your conduct and your love and in your purity and in, your, in the way you conduct yourself. You know, and they can do public reading of Scripture. They can preach. They can teach. And, and it, they, adults can actually be put to shame by them and actually be challenged by them. You know, in Psalm, King David says, and this is Psalm 71, 17, Since my youth, O Lord, you have taught me, and then to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. And I think that's a cause and effect, that since his youth God taught him, and so to this day he declares his marvelous deeds. You know, and in Proverbs, you know, we're told to train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. And we're all familiar with that promise. So we need, there's lots of scriptural evidence and challenge to invest in kids while they're young. There's so many benefits to having a kid's church crew, to empowering your kids. It makes disciples, it makes kids who become followers of Christ, who don't see church as just another entertainment thing to do, just another fun thing to go to, another club, another sport, another just thing their parents drag them to, but it makes them a follower of Christ. You know, it acknowledges where they're at. You know, when you're at that fifth to sixth grade age level and you're getting kind of a little too old, a little too cool for kids' ministry, but you're not really ready for, for the youth group. I mean, they're going to be talking about love and sex and dating and stuff that they're not really ready for, so you don't really want to promote them too soon. But, you know, you, you, if you're teaching a wide age range, you got to kind of keep things going for the younger kids. So they're kind of stuck in this middle area. And when you've got this kids crew and you elevate them to some leadership, it gives them a, a reason and a purpose to be doing some of this younger stuff. And I call it honoring the ego. You know, I'm able to pull these kids aside and say, you know, do you think I really play these songs in my car when I'm driving down the road during the day? No. I, I, we're doing these songs because they appeal to the young kids. And, and we're setting an example for the kids. So I need you to do these songs, you know, with enthusiasm and with excitement and to do the motions all out because you're setting an example for the kids. You know, and I'll tell them, you know, these little kids, they don't look up to me. They look up to you. You know, they don't want to be me. I'm, I'm an old man. They, they want to be you. They want to be a fifth or sixth grader. And so they're, they're admiring you. And, and if you're rolling your eyes or looking bored, you're communicating that following God is not exciting 
and, and, and that's not a good thing. See, they expect me to be excited about God because I'm the pastor. But they need to see you excited about following God. And so it gives them a purpose. It gives them a sense of mission. You know, that their job is to get young kids excited about following God. And it helps these older upper, upper elementary kids suddenly get enthusiastic about singing these songs and following God and doing it with smiles and energy. That's why our theme verse is, is Romans 12, 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And I and I challenge you, we give zeal points and fervor points, you know, that um, that they just would be so filled with, you know, the Holy Spirit and so excited on Sunday mornings that the little kids would look up to them and be like, wow, that's what it means to be, you know, a fifth or sixth grader that's following God. You know, you know, it gives them a group identity, you know, when they've got crew shirts and crew hats and, you know, kids get drawn into gangs because they want to belong to something that's important. It gives them an identity. Well, the world answers that need in some very negative ways. We can answer that social need in a very positive ways. And so then it, it gives these younger kids uh, a role model. I mean, I've had kids in second and third grade, all they talk about is how they can't wait to be on kids crew. And it's like two or three years away, but they're so excited about it. But then one of the most practical benefits is all the help it gives you. You know, there's nothing that you should be doing that a kid can do. I mean, you should not be folding up chairs. You should not be picking up trash. You should not be opening and closing things and setting things up or taking things down. If there's anything you're doing on a Sunday or Wednesday or whatever your program is that a kid can do, you should not be doing it. Now, this is not an issue of pride. This is not a, a matter of anything being beneath you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming that there's nothing beneath you. I mean, if there's throw up, if there's a clogged toilet, I mean, you'll get your hands dirty. You'll get on your hands and knees. You, I mean, nothing is beneath you. This isn't a matter of you're, you're too high and mighty. I mean, I'm assuming there's no one listening to this podcast that's proud and too high and mighty. I'm talking about the fact that on Sunday, your time is so precious and limited that you want to be doing ministry, not menial tasks. So I train my kids crew to say, after church, I want to sit down on the edge of the stage and I want to be talking to kids. I want the kids to be able to come up, you know, and be able to talk to me about their dog, their cat, their grandma, their loose tooth. You know, I, you know, it's like Jesus said, let the children come to me. And I say, I, I say to my crew, let the little kids come to me so I can just talk to them and minister. And then you guys are running around putting things away and shutting things down and, and, and closing down the kids' church so that when, when everything's said and done and everyone leaves you know, it's all done. And I don't have to work for another hour. And they see that as a ministry to me and as a ministry to their fellow kids so that they're able to give a gift to their fellow kids of their pastor so that I'm not running around doing this kind of work. They're, they're, they're serving me and they're serving their fellow kids. And they see that, that work as ministry. You know, much as a, as, as a staff member, you see a lot of the menial things that you do as serving your senior pastor. And so anything that they can do from setup to takedown, from technology to leading worship, of course, there's puppets and skits and helping with preparation. Kids can get into shepherding, you know, and welcoming. I mean, I, I've trained kids on how to identify lonely kids and that um, aren't getting talked to. Um, I train them in, uh, you know, how to be conversational. You know, it's hard to talk to new people, so I train them in acronyms like like uh, the FISH acronym, which stands for Family, 
interests, school and hobbies. So in their mind, they're, they, they've got questions to ask, ask about their family, find out what their interests are, talk to them about their school, try and learn what their hobbies are. You know, when, when kids are absent, they, you know, they do follow-up calls and follow-up emails. We do birthday packets at our monthly meetings. And so you really train these kids to do ministry. You know, and I'll, in the Kids Church Cookbook uh, chapter that I'm talking about, I go into so much more detail than I'm going to in the podcast about the crew application. They actually apply to be on the crew. And a lot of kids, it's their first time ever to apply for something where they actually have to get references from a parent and a pastor or a, another Christian leader and a friend. It, it's amazing. For some kids, they've never had to get a reference before. And I've actually gotten some bad references. And I've had to go talk to them and say, you know what, you know, you're awesome in kids' church, but I actually got a bad reference from you, from your Sunday school teacher. And I go, oh, you know, and say, well, you know what I like to do is I'd like to hold off on you being on the crew for a month, and uh, and then have you ask for another reference, and and um, and have their behavior in another classroom totally transform, because they're learning that their behavior in another arena of life can affect their opportunities in another arena. And that's that's transformative for kids. You know, and you, you do pick your talented, and your bright, your helpful, your smart, cooperative kids, but you also pick a few that drive you nuts. I mean, you gotta pick some ministry kids. You gotta pick some of those kids that um, don't show a lot of potential. You even pick some of your behavior problem kids. Put behavior in quotes if you've been to my making your discipline problems disappear workshop because those are the kids that are going to be transformed as a result of being on your crew they're going to they're going to start out in september as kids people go why in the world are they on the, the kids search crew they're like they're like a you know bad kid this is what other people will say and by the end of the year you've got this kid that's on fire for god who's got a servant's heart who's cooperative who's friendly who's ministering and next thing you know they're going off to bible college to to go into ministry and of course you know you need adult helpers and in the kids church cookbook i talk about how we do our monthly meetings what we do at those the rehearsals we do i talk about you know the importance of outings and socials and the contests that we do to keep them motivated and the points and everything but it is so important to be investing in kids when you invest in kids when you begin to run your ministry based on having it run by kids you're you're doing real ministry because it makes such a difference you know i got involved in kids ministry as a kid a lot of the skills that i have as a children's pastor because when i was a young boy and i felt my call to children's ministry and i shared it with my mom i told her someday when i grow up i want to be a children's pastor she said to me you start next wednesday i said what do you mean next wednesday i said when i grow up and she said what's growing up got to do with it and so I started my children's ministry career at the age of 10. And so I had started learning puppets. I started learning magic tricks and object lessons. And by the time I was a college student, I was leading a children's church at the Moody Church in Chicago. But I came in every week with my big red box and first chapter of the Kids Church Cookbook section on my crew is called The Man with the Big Red Box. And it was actually a lay person who was doing an interview for the... Um, church newspaper who was just learning about this college student doing children's church who convicted me i mean she did a really nice interview and a really nice article about this college kid that was running children's church and it was you know half inner city cabrini green project kids and half suburban kids and it was going great and it was bursting at the seams but after the interview was over and kind of off the record she said to me 
in, in a, a gentle challenge, but hit me right between the eyes. She said, Carl, you know what? The reason you're so great with the kids is because you started as a kid. And she said, but you're not reproducing this. You're coming and you're, you're doing a one-man show. And I was so convicted by that. And so the next week, I, I said, would anyone like to help me with this? And, of course, every hand went up. <laughs> so I had to backpedal and say, I, I meant to say, do any fifth to sixth graders want to help me with this? And, of course, all the first to fourth graders put their hand down and all the fifth and sixth grade hands stayed up. So I, I, I passed a clipboard. And um, I went out with my girlfriend for lunch, who's now my wife, and I said, um, well, well, what can they do? <laughs> and so I started out having them just be ushers and greeters. And then I even had them, I had these big posters that I still have to this day where I had them walk across the stage with posters announcing what I was going to do. You know, Carl was going to do Gus, and Carl was going to do an object lesson, and Carl was going to do a story. And little by little over the years, I had to keep asking myself, what am I doing that I can have the kids do? And little by little, I learned to transfer from what I was doing to what they were doing. You know, my dad had a poster, a homemade poster, a little sign actually, on his wall for years in his office. And it's always stuck with me. And it just went like this. I would encourage you, grab a pen, grab some paper, pause the podcast if you need to so you can write this down. And it went simply like this. It said, I do, you watch. I do, you help. Then it shifted and it said, you do, I help, and then you do, I watch. And that is the Kids Church Crew training strategy in a nutshell. It starts out, you do it, and the crew watch, and they think, wow, you're amazing, you're great, how do you do that? But then you have to switch into, you do, and they help. And they do the puppet. And yeah, your quality drops a little bit, but that's okay. It's really not that big a deal. You have to kind of set your pride aside and realize that teaching still happens and the kids still have a great time. But then it begins to shift through the middle of the year where it becomes they do and you help. But you know what? By the end of the year, it becomes they do and you watch. And I tell you what, by the end of the school year, we do lessons that the kids' crew have completely written themselves. In fact, when I go out of town to the Children's Pastors Conference or on vacation, my kids' crew will completely run the children's church. I'll recruit some adults to just come sit in the room and they will literally watch my kids' crew completely run, take up, set down, teach, and run an entire children's church service with the children's pastor out of town. And it's amazing. And you can do that too. And you also will be amazed at how incredible your kids can be because they will become like your disciples. They will become the best thing about your ministry because that is ministry. So you have to ask yourself, am I a performer or am I a trainer of disciples? Am I putting on a show or am I investing in young people? Am I trying to control every little detail? Am I trying to impress people with my talents and what I can do? Or am I raising up the next generation of teachers and disciples so that they can do it long after I'm gone? And if you'll do that, you, it gets to be so much fun. The, the parties you'll have, the outings you'll do, the training you'll do, and, um, and, and the, the weddings you'll, you'll be at, and the graduations you'll be at, and the long-time relationships you'll have with these crew kids will just be phenomenal. I remember just being at a Max and Irma's restaurant with a young man named Noah who was going off to Moody Bible Institute. And he wanted me to fill out his reference uh, as he was going off to ministry. And I said, so what made you decide 
uh, to go to Bible college, to go into ministry, and he just pointed at me. You know, that's one of the the greatest days of my life, just, just sitting there and realizing that because he'd been on my crew and just had, had such a great time, that that had caused him to decide to give his whole life to ministry. And I want you to have those experiences as well. So do all that admin and do all that those big events, but form a kid's crew and pour into them and then just watch what God's going to do with those young people. You know, just this week on Facebook, somebody requested to see some videos of Kids Church in Action. So I dove into the Carl Bastion archives. Believe it or not, I have videos of every Kids Church service I have done in years of ministry. I mean, going back to 1993 when I first got married, all the way through 2006 when I left full-time ministry. I mean, it was a lot of work to convert all those VHS tapes to videos. I have them in iTunes. And so I picked one from 10 years ago. It actually has the classic toy box tale of the parting of the Red Sea of Jello. It's the Kids Church lesson on Moses and the crossing of the Red Sea. And you can watch it. It's the full hour service. I didn't edit it. It's got blunders and all. But you'll be able to see my kids crew in action. And you can watch that for enjoyment. You can watch it for some training. And I'd encourage you to videotape your kids church services. Um, We use them for training. We watch them, we laugh, and we learn. And perhaps watching that can inspire you to start a kids church true. You will learn, you will be inspired, and you too will have great memories when you start investing in young people. Well, thanks again for listening. And remember, you can shape the show with your feedback, with your questions, by letting me know what you would like me to talk about on future episodes of Kidman Talk. You can tweet if you're a tweeter, just at Kidman Talk. You can also email me, Carl, that's Carl with a K, at KidmanTalk.com. And of course, at the bottom of the show notes, there's a link to the Kidman Talk forum discussion. Upload a picture of your favorite Star Wars character and you can win a free copy of Scar Force. I look forward to interacting with you, chatting with you, post your questions and comments there. And if you post a great question, great feedback, as always, I love to give stuff away. You might just get a free copy of Guard Your Heart as well. Until next time, this is Carl, and I love talking Kidman with you.